Hey there, Romantics. I'm Morgan. And I'm Isabeau. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to support us even more, please tell your friends or your mom. And subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite listening app. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to give us some financial support. If not, we get it. No worries. All of our content is free for all of our listeners. Thank you again for your support of Womance. Thank you so much for listening. All right, y'all. We got a real short one for you today. We are previewing a series that will take you into the moors. We are kicking off a framing for an ongoing discussion for us. We are doing, oh man, what is it? Public Access? Public Access Read Along with Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre. That's right. Morgan's got the odds. That's me. Isabeau's got the evens. What, what? And we'll be reading a chapter each week. We also talk to each other as we're reading. And we're trying to be softly voiced and things like that because we know that this can be a soothing kind of thing for some of our listeners. And with that soft voice, that doesn't mean that we've softened any of our opinions or how we're conceiving of the framework of this. Where this idea, Morgan's idea, by the way, brilliant, came from is that she and I were having a fascinating discussion about whether or not the Darcy or the Rochester is the hero archetype and who is potentially more important to the genre. Like, who's the grand zaddy of heroes the rochester or the darcy who do we actually want like do we want to hear that it's as if there is a string from our heart to their rib or do we want to hear you know whatever the fuck darcy said do we want to be ardently admired or do we want like a fishing line to a body part do we want the body horror or do we want the courtly love are we funny or are we sad (laughs) are we a little bit scary a little bit cunning, potentially hiding something. And like, how hard is it for us to deal with our relationship to our father? (laughs) And are we class traitors? Are we class traitors? It's like, we know that we're all Cinderella's, but like, which prince are we going home with? The one that locks up his wife or the one that's hiding his sister? So please join us, won't you, for what our uh, clever producer described as Womance After Dark. Chapter One There was no possibility of taking a walk that day. So I'm going to go ahead and already pause and say, what do we think about this as an opening line? We love it. Unabashedly. A hundred percent hooked. What do you love about it? It feels like I have just been inculcated in the fact that I cannot have a walk today, which feels like, you know, my 2020 in a nutshell. It feels like a sigh of disappointment as well as a little, you know, irksome at situations one cannot control. I also love that it's not me or I because I hate the first person. And even though this book is in first person and I like this book, I'm glad that it doesn't start off that way. Yeah, there was no possibility. It kind of speaks to stagnant. Yes. And hopelessness. Right away. Right away. Okay. There was no possibility of taking a walk that day. 
We had been wandering, indeed, in the leafless shrubbery an hour in the morning, but since dinner, Mrs. Reed, when there was no company, dined early. The cold winter wind had brought with it clouds so somber and a rain so penetrating that further outdoor exercise was now out of the question. I was glad of it. I love that turn, mm-hmm. which I think kind of speaks to like the proto goth chicks being very into the Brontes. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. No possibility of going outside. I was glad of it. Yeah, fuck those other guys and they're larking about in the sunshine. I'm going to brood here in the corner. I was glad of it. I never liked long walks, especially on chilly afternoons. Dreadful to me was the coming home in the raw twilight with nipped fingers and toes and a heart saddened by the chidings of Bessie, the nurse, and humbled by the consciousness of my physical inferiority to Eliza, John, and Georgiana Reed. Oh, what a sad sack. Well, the nurse picks on her, too. (laughs) I know, everyone picks on Jane. Which really does tell us so much about where Jane lives in the pecking order. In the second paragraph, we know so much about Jane already. The said Eliza, John, and Georgiana were now clustered round their mama in the drawing room. She lay reclined on a sofa by the fireside, and with her darlings about her, for the time neither quarreling nor crying, looked perfectly happy. I love how Saturn, mm-hmm. she describes the scene, so resentful. The subtext is rich. It's like Jane Austen, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like the true tone of the setting is the subtext as opposed to like all of the implications of it. Mm-hmm. Me, she had dispensed from joining the group saying she regretted to be under the necessity of keeping me at a distance, but that until she heard from Bessie and could discover by her own observation that I was endeavoring in good earnest to acquire a more sociable and childlike disposition, a more attractive and sprightly manner, something lighter, franker, more natural as it were, she really must exclude me from the privileges intended only for contented, happy little children. This evokes for me the myth of childhood that we read in feminist sci-fi. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. This tells me so much about who would have read Jane Eyre, which would have been people of like a middle to upper class, typically. Mm-hmm. Flat out, the idea of a childhood would have been something that was really only afforded to bourgeoisie, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, as soon as you were like eight or ten and you could work for a wage, you would have had to. Yeah. And, like, when you weren't working for a wage, you were managing a household, basically. Yeah. Or co-managing along with whoever was taking care of stuff. But if you were, you know, middle class or above in the hierarchy, then you could have a childhood. A contented, happy one with privileges. Yes, with privileges. Whoa, golly gee. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance. Womance is hosted by Isabeau. That's me. And Morgan, that's me. Production is by Nick Gravelin. Our webmistress is the incomparable Jane Bonzac. And our illustration and logo were created by Mary Reichman. They're the best. If you'd like to follow, creep, or connect with us on our social media platforms, you can find us at mans underscore woe on Twitter, womance on Instagram, or email at womancemail at gmail.com. You can also hang out 
out on our amazing website at womanspodcast.com. You can support us by using our code to visit our sponsors or go to our Patreon where we are Womance. Womance is officially part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Discover more podcasts just like our own centering on romance and reading at frolic.media slash podcast. Until next week. Mwah.